RTX is down after they disclosed a rare manufacturing flaw that could ground hundreds of Airbus jets in the coming years. With their stock price down, is RTX a potential buy now? We're using the Select 6 analysis to look at the most telling financial metrics before estimating a fair value for RTX. Then we're giving a rating to the business. This analysis is going to be intense, but it's going to be worth it. There will be a key bonus metric along the way that just might be the tipping point when analyzing RTX for your stock portfolio. Before we get into these valuable metrics, how has RTX's stock performed? Right now, RTX trades for $75.56 per share. Year-to-date, their stock price is down 25%. This dramatically underperforms the market. Just in July of 2023, RTX changed its name. It was formerly Raytheon Technologies. The company was formed through the merger of United Technologies and Raytheon in April of 2020. Before the merger, United Technologies spun off Otis Elevator and Carrier Corporation. In the last 10 years, their stock price is down 23%. This is looking at United Technology stock performance. A big part of their declines come from their 2020 spinoffs. Going back before the global financial crisis, the company traded pretty in line with the S&P 500. They've compounded at 2.5% annually over this time. Again, really diverging since their spinoffs. With those businesses included, their performance has pretty well matched the index. Right now, RTX pays an above average 3.02% dividend yield. Their average yield throughout this time is added to the gains in their stock. RTX trades just $2 above its 52-week low. The company's down more than $25 from their 52-week high. Just under 1% of their shares are sold short. RTX is a huge business. They have a $110 billion market cap. But the burning question is, why should we be paying close attention to RTX? Formed from the merger of United Technologies and Raytheon, RTX is a diversified aerospace and defense industrial company with roughly equal exposure as a supplier to commercial aerospace manufacturers and to the defense market. The company operates in three segments, Colin Aerospace, which is a diversified aerospace supplier, Pratt & Whitney, an aircraft engine manufacturer, and Raytheon, a defense prime contractor providing a mix of missiles, missile defense systems, sensors, hardwares, and communications technology to the military. Now let's dive deep into their numbers. Metric number one, we want their average return on capital in the last five years to be above 14%. The average business earns around 7% returns on capital. Looking for a benchmark that's double this can build in margin of safety based on the quality of the business. RTX saw a hit to their returns on capital in 2020. This was due to a number of factors. In this time when we average these out, they make around 5% average returns on capital in a given year. That's slightly below average although again, that has been increasing in recent years. On our first metric, this is an X. Our second metric, we wanna see revenue, net income, and free cash flow growth. These all need to be up and we'll include their numbers up until today, which aren't shown on this chart. In this time, through their merger, their revenues have more than doubled. Their net incomes or their earnings are up only slightly, growing at 5.5% overall. These were negative in 20, in part to an impairment of goodwill charge, which cost the company $3.2 billion. The company's free cash flows also declined in that year, not least as to what was going on around the world. In their last 12 months, RTX has only produced $2.8 billion of free cash flow, which is down from where they were in their last fiscal year and down from 2018. This is an X on metric number two. Metric number three, we're looking for earnings per share growth. We learned their net incomes or their earnings have grown by 5.5%, but that's only one part of their earnings per share. 
RTX has diluted shareholders by 82% over this time. Not only did they issue a lot of shares for their merger, the company issued even more shares into 2021. They have reduced this slightly as they bought back shares in their most recent year, but their shares outstanding are still up by quite a lot. Because of this, their earnings per share are down. This is an X on metric number three. A similar situation in metric number four, we want to see free cash flow per share growth. Because their free cash flows are down and they've diluted shareholders for their merger, their free cash flows per share are down even farther. This is an X on metric number four. We're still looking for our first check. Does RTX have what it takes to turn it around in the second half of our analysis? In recessions, it's businesses with a lot of debt that can have the biggest losses or even go bankrupt. Metric number five, we want their net debt, which is their total debt minus their cash and their short-term investments, to be below the sum of their free cash flows in their last five fiscal years. In this time, RTX as a combined company has significantly reduced their net debt position. The company repaid $18 billion worth of debt in 2020. They ended last year with $27.6 billion of net debt. Since then, they've increased this, and right now they have $31.5 billion of net debt. In the last five fiscal years, while this only includes one of the companies prior to their merger, they produced $23.5 billion worth of free cash flow. Even though they've reduced their net debt position, their free cash flows still aren't enough to support this, meaning this is an X on metric number five. Also potentially more worrying, on a current basis, their free cash flows are down in their last 12 months. They only produce $2.85 billion worth. If those are projected into the future, that's not enough to support their debt position. Dig into the company's filings for more to understand if this may or may not cause problems for the business. We'll get to our valuations right after we cover our bonus. As our bonus, we want their dividends to be supported by their free cash flows. Right now, RTX pays an above average 3% dividend yield. They've supported their dividends in four of the last five years. 2020 was the only exception. Due to their free cash flows being down in their last 12 months, they actually don't support their dividends today. This is a potential concern, especially given the company's debt loads. Although their current free cash flows are below where they've been at historically. Keep this in mind, yet this is an X on our bonus. The big metric of them all, metric number six, we want RTX's average free cash flow divided by their enterprise value to give us a yield that's above 5%. If this is the case, this gives a slight risk premium to the yield of the 10-year treasury. It's the first of two different ways we're estimating a fair value for RTX. Right now, they have a $143 billion enterprise value. This looks at the company similar to it being a private business. Their enterprise value fell a lot with their recent stock declines. It takes into account both their market cap and their net debt position. In the last five years, both prior to and including their merger, they produced $23.5 billion of free cash flow, meaning in an average year, they produced $4.7 billion of free cash flow. When that's divided by their enterprise value, we get a 3.3% average free cash flow to enterprise value yield. On a current basis, the company produced $2.85 billion of free cash flow in their last 12 months. When that's divided by their $143 billion enterprise value, we get just under a 2% current free cash flow to enterprise value yield. Both of these are down from the risk premium we're looking for. They're also down from the yield of the 10-year treasury. This means on metric number six, this is an X. Don't just throw the business out. We still need to estimate their fair value per share and give our rating. Everything we've discussed so far is important, but there's something missing that in my opinion is the main reason to analyze RTX. This takes us on to using a discounted cash flow model to estimate their fair value per share. 
A DCF model is based on the predictability of a company's free cash flows. Like any model in any discipline, its outputs are sensitive to its inputs. We're starting with an average of RTX's last three fiscal years worth of free cash flow, then using historical assumptions to grow these into the future. Because of the company's merger and some disruptions to the business, they have low business predictability. Keep in mind this impacts our assumptions. It's up to you to figure out if these will be accurate or not for RTX. Assuming they grow their three-year free cash flows at just over 7% annually for the next decade, then in the following 10 years, assuming that these grow at 4% annually, we won't add in their tangible book value as that's likely skewed due to how the accounting is done for their merger. If we want a 15% rate of return, which is what Warren Buffett looks for from his investments, if today's valuation multiples are the same 20 years into the future, an estimate of RTX's fair value per share is around $24. That's down more than $50 from their current stock price. Keep some key points in mind. Because of their low business predictability, this is a rougher estimate for RTX than it is for some other companies. The discount rate we used is an estimate of total returns to shareholders based on their free cash flows. It includes their average dividend yield and any potential gains in their stock price. A 15% annual return would far outpace how RTX has performed in their last couple of decades. Most importantly, this analysis is not financial advice. It's not a buy or sell recommendation of any security. Consult with your financial advisor before making any investment decision. In just a minute, we'll give our rating to RTX, but we need to address something first. We've covered the numbers, but the qualitative factors may be even more important for their business. Why don't we figure out what these are? The most recent qualitative factor affecting RTX is their engine problem. The company is expected to take three to three and a half billion dollars worth of charges due to that. They discovered a rare powdered metal defect that can lead to cracks in some engine components, meaning they're pulling six to seven hundred engines from Airbus jets. Initially, they thought repairs could last 60 days. They're now expected to take up to a year. This may result in 350 jets on average being grounded through 2026, with as many as 650 jets sitting idle in the first half of 2024. We have to get the bad news out of the way first for this company. Continuing with that and other factors supporting a short thesis. Number one, repairing manufacturing defects in some Pratt & Whitney engines will cost the company billions in compensation to customers and may reduce airlines' appetites for the products. Number two, Boeing and Airbus have taken increasing interest in compressing the margins of their component suppliers, such as Collins Aerospace. Number three, one of the driving factors behind the breakup of United Technologies was to create more focused businesses. While the combined RTX is more focused on aerospace and defense, it's still large and difficult to manage. Then a potentially brighter future for the company. Let's look at the factors supporting a long thesis. Number one, Pratt & Whitney's replacement on the A320 family and A220 aircraft should substantially increase the company's installed base of engines in coming years, potentially unlocking decades of high-margin servicing revenue. Number two, the missile and missile defense segment makes products that are prioritized by the national defense strategy, which should lead to consistent growth. Number three, RTX is well-balanced between commercial aerospace and defense, which would partially insulate the firm from a downturn in either segment. There you have it for the recent news on the company and some of the factors supporting a long or a short thesis. Now let's give RTX our rating. We learned by analyzing RTX that since the merger between United Technologies and Raytheon, the company has seen its fair share of struggles. They were hit right away by the pandemic, and recently they disclosed some pretty severe manufacturing flaws in their jet engines. That's going to be a big hit to the business, which has earned below average returns and seen declines in their free cash flows. That impacts them as they have a higher debt load than what we're looking for. 
In their most recent fiscal year, they also did not support their dividend payouts. It looks like management is going to have to make some difficult decisions when it comes to cash flow allocation in RTX. Again, this analysis is not financial advice. Right now, the company doesn't look attractive compared to the 10-year treasury. When we performed our discounted cash flow analysis, from today's valuations, if they're the same 20 years into the future, if you want a 15% rate of return and believe the assumptions we used, an estimate of their fair value is around $24 per share. As a combined company, RTX has not traded at those levels. When we look at all the factors of our analysis, RTX looks like a poor candidate for further research. Don't let that discourage you if you're interested. Thanks so much for learning about RTX with me. Be sure to like the video if you enjoyed it, subscribe to the channel for more stock analysis videos, and share your thoughts on RTX and let me know what business to look at next in the comments below.